You know, there are, there are folks coming from all kinds of different backgrounds. There are some Christians who say, aren't Mormons Christian? I mean, they come to the door with Church of, and then big letters, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So it's in the name. Maybe, maybe they are Christian. Um, the more you, you understand their teaching, uh, they're not. There are some who who maybe recognize there are differences, but they don't want to make waves, kind of live and let live. But But the more you realize what those differences mean and that they're not on a path to Christ, but but away from him, uh, the more Christ's love compels us to speak. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is our first ever virtual podcast. John Leach, thank you so much for joining us today on Uh, Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Mormonism. John, can you give us just a a quick introduction uh, to who you are and and why we're doing a remote podcast with you today? Sure. I am coming to you guys from uh, Nampa, Idaho, uh, home of Truth and Love Ministry. So Truth and Love Ministry was founded uh, by Pastor Mark Kears. Uh, He came as a pastor and he quickly realized there were all kinds of Mormons all throughout the Intermountain West. And if he was going to reach out to his community... He was going to have to crack the nut on how to reach out to Mormons. And so he would say he made every mistake in the book, and then he wrote the book, Speaking the Truth and Love to Mormons, uh, and it launched a global ministry. Uh, he, he retired a while back, and uh, I've stepped into that role, been there for about four years. Uh, my, my personal experience has always been in missions, uh, whether it's uh, uh, getting folks to share out in the community or, or uh, international, and then when the the opportunity came to reach what is often an overlooked mission field. Uh, I jumped at that. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking time to be on the the podcast with us. I know there's a lot of people who are listening uh, who have Mormon friends, coworkers, uh, people that they love. And 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 one thing I want to start, and, and you and I were talking about this a, a little bit beforehand, I want to start with just kind of some some ground rules, because I, I do think some people, they, they want to get into arguments, they want to get into debates, yeah. and, and that's not the purpose of, of what we're going to do here today. Can you just kind of share your heart on that as well, John? You know, there are, there are folks coming from all kinds of different backgrounds. There are some Christians who say, aren't Mormons Christian? I mean, they come to the door with Church of, and then big letters, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So it's in the name. Maybe, maybe they are Christian. Um, the more you, you understand their teaching, uh, they're not. There are some who who maybe recognize there are differences, but they don't want to make waves, kind of live and let live. But but the more you realize what those differences mean and that they're not on a path to Christ, but but away from him, uh, the more Christ's love compels us to speak. Some people will speak, but when they speak, it's to, it's more of a focus of debate, kind of like we were saying, Robert, you know, where, where they're trying to get them out of Mormonism and prove Mormonism wrong but they don't witness Christ along the way. And so what happens is you have masses of people who leave Mormonism, but then go on to become atheists. What we want to do is, is, is love them, love God, and love, love his people. Some surveys say there's as many as 70, 80% who leave the Mormon church and then never look back. They, they mm-hmm. never look back at, at anything Christian or maybe even religion at all. And so it's, it's very important to witness Christ along the way. I, I, I want to pause on that because I think that's really important for everybody to hear. And this is not just true of talking about Mormonism. Uh, this, this is true of 
Uh, so I, I've been in Poland, and, and to be Polish is to be Catholic, and we have Catholic friends in Poland, and, and the goal is not to make them not Catholic. The goal is for them to to be introduced to Jesus, Jesus of the Bible, uh, to understand his grace for them. And so I, I, I want to just reiterate what you just said, because I do think that's really important uh, for all of us not to look at people as, okay, what argument do we need to win, whether they're – maybe they are atheists, and we, we want to win the argument of why atheism is wrong um, you can win the argument and you can lose the relationship. And the, the goal is, okay, we want to love God. We want to love people. And the loving thing is to not just talk them out of something, but to introduce them to somebody. And, and that's the person of Jesus. And so I, I really do appreciate you saying that, John, and, and helping us to reframe even maybe how we think about those conversations. Well, Robert, in the last time I checked, uh, we can't arm wrestle anybody into heaven. That's not the way it works, right? I That's mean, right. it's, it's yeah. all about reaching their hearts. And in particular with Mormons, uh, Mormons interpret all spiritual values through emotion. And so that's mm-hmm. very, very important for you. Not so much, uh, not that the head doesn't come into it, but but really speak heart to heart. And and don't just speak about what Jesus has done. He died on the cross or, you know, he lived perfectly. But speak of, of the confidence. Speak, take it to the next level. This, this is what it means. This is the comfort I have of forgiveness. This is, this is the peace and assurance. This is the confidence I have. And when you're speaking right from the heart about what it means for you, you'll be speaking right on their wavelength. Yeah. And, and when you experience the power of God's grace in your life, it does transform your life. So talk about that transformation. Talk about what what does God's grace mean for you? Now, one of the things that, that I've run into, because I grew up in Arizona, and so I grew up, a lot of my friends in elementary school and junior high and high school, they, they were Mormons. And uh, and I was, you know, didn't cuss a whole lot, blonde hair, blue eye, and they, they just assumed I was Mormon right. too. And uh, and so these were a lot of my friends. And we, we would have on occasion spiritual conversations. And when we would talk, it sounded like we were totally on the same page. When we talk about, yeah, Jesus is the son of God and, and we're saved by, by grace through faith, they would nod their head. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and, and yet we, we didn't agree. Explain why that is and, and how that's possible, that we can have a conversation sound like this is 100% the same thing, and yet it's different. Mormons have a very different, uh, same glossary, very different terms. Um, and, and so you could say to a Mormon, I believe that I'm saved by grace. Jesus did it all. As a result, I'm going to heaven. And they would not. And they would not be being deceptive. They, they mm-hmm. truly believe with what you just said, but, but they heard something very different. Uh, they believe, for example, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We like to share that with them. But they have different definition for saved. Saved. Which, real gen- quick, so generally so means uh, resurrected. He, he saved you from physical death. Um, uh, grace. They would say, like, God hands you an energy drink along the side, uh, but you still have to cross the finish line on your own two feet. Um, uh, faith is really faith in faith. It's your own trust in yourself. And so Mormons will often repeat, I believe Joseph Smith is true prophet and the Mormon church is true. You, you hear that mantra. That's really what they describe and, and think of as faith. And it's not so much the object of faith as, as mm-hmm. we see it. Um, so anyway, very, very yeah. different definitions. We actually have a resource on our website, uh, uh, Truth and Love Ministry, TILM.org, called uh, Dictionary of Mormonese, available for free for anyone who, you know, you're getting into some of those conversations, and if you ever feel like, man, it seems like they're agreeing, but I know we don't agree on this, we're talking past each other, great, great way to know where they're coming from. Yeah, I highly recommend if you have a Mormon friend and you're just wanting to understand better where, where are they coming from and, and what is it that they believe, 
Um, that, that's a great resource. I, I've read through that resource and, and just getting those definitions and understanding, okay, what do, how is their definition different? Uh, I, I want to talk about, because I think this is really important too, um, we're, we're talking about a different Jesus same name, different definition of, of who is Jesus, which obviously that's a, that's a very key part of our faith and what our faith is in. Can you unpack that a little bit for us of just understanding the, the difference? Yeah. Uh, it, and, and some will argue, no, it's the same Jesus in the sense of historically, you know, and they're, mm-hmm. they're pointing, I guess you could say in this, uh, to the same historical Jesus, but very, very different in, in terms of of who he is and what he's done. Uh, they would say Jesus is uh, your your spiritual brother, uh, equal to Lucifer in that regard. Um, uh, he was just the elder brother who um, showed you the way in which it should be done. Uh, when when Mormons speak about Jesus as Savior, another term, they will often think of him as example. Uh, that's one of the things that really sets Mormonism apart from Christianity. Uh, in Christianity, uh, we see Jesus gives salvation. That's, that's what he does. Friends, hold on to that. You know it. Don't let go of it. In, in Mormonism, Jesus gives you a plan of salvation. So you have to work the plan, follow the plan. So really, at any given point, it's always about, in a, a performance-based religion, about you. And you look to Jesus as your example. He's given you the blueprints, but it's all on you to follow it. Um, in example, just, just real quick, uh, there's a, a, a parable in Mormonism called the mediator. And uh, it goes something like this. There's a, a creditor extends a debt to the, the, the debtor, uh, the creditor, heavenly father, the debtor is us, the debt of sin. Uh, and when, uh, the time comes that you have to, to pay up. Uh, there's an impasse. How are they going to solve this? The creditor says there must be justice. The debtor begs for mercy. Uh, enter stage right. Jesus, as mediator, says, I think I can solve this. I will pay the debt so that there will be justice. And by paying the debt, there will be mercy. And so far, this sounds pretty good. In Christianity, Jesus turns to you and he says, now you're set free. In Mormonism, Jesus turns to you and he says, now you owe me. Mm. But instead of having to become perfect in this life, I'll give you more time in afterlife by which you have uh, extension to pay me off. And Mormons are so thankful to Jesus for extending the payment plan. Yeah. It's like when my mortgage got bought by a different company and all of a sudden it just transferred over to new hands. And this is now... Jesus is like, I'll be your new debtor, and but I'm going to give you more time. That, that's fascinating. Um, and heartbreaking. One, one, and heartbreaking, absolutely, because it still comes down to, uh, here are all the rules, here are all the things you have to do to work your way to God. It's still, at, at its core, it is religion as opposed to the gospel, which is, which is driven by, by relationship. Yep. Um, give, give us some practical tools now. So if I'm having a conversation uh, which I do often with my neighbors and, and we're talking and uh, a lot of times we end up talking about, you know, Jeeps and because we both have Jeeps, you know, or sure. whatever it is. Or we're talking about family. Or we'll talk about cooking and food and all of all of those things. How how can I best love my Mormon neighbor without alienating them or talking down to them, but but really just in, inviting them into to conversation? What what advice do you have for those who are listening? It's a great question, Robert. So often Christians focus on the things that bother them about Mormonism. And those aren't things that bother uh, 
Mormons, for example, they have additional scriptures, uh, Book of Mormon, Pearl of Great Price, uh, Doctrine and Covenants. They're not bothered. They would say, uh, your, your supply looks so meager. Or, you know, they have different view of the nature of who, God, uh, who Jesus is or, or nature of God, that, that even people can become God someday. Um, they're, not, they're not bothered by those things. Um, if we try and explain the Trinity to them, uh, they, they're like, uh, come again? You know, I think yeah. mine is an easier thing to understand. And so mm-hmm. what, what you want to do instead is focus on their stress points, focus on the things that really do bother them. In this sense, you're not pitting Christianity against Mormonism or Christians against Mormons. In, in a way, this is probably not the right word, but uh, you're setting Mormons against Mormonism. And say, mm-hmm. how's that really working for you? And mm-hmm. and in particular, we found there are some very unique stress points in Mormonism. One one of the Bible passages they know most of all, first of all, is Matthew five forty eight. Be ye therefore perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. They use King James. Mm-hmm. Um, Mormons are taught God would never give you a command he that you couldn't keep. So just think that one through for a moment. The pressure that that places, uh, toxic yeah. profession perfectionism is a thing for Mormons. It's really something they struggle with deeply. One of the things you can speak about, and again, Christian friends, this is really important for us again to, to, to assert, is Jesus didn't just die for us, he lived for us perfectly. And that imputed righteousness means that, like Isaiah 61.10, that he now covers you like a bride on her wedding day with the robe of his righteousness. And in that sense, God now looks at you completely different. And so you mm-hmm. can say, covered in Christ, I'm perfect right now. If you say that to a Mormon, I'll say that on the plane or something when I'm coming back, and because uh, they'll say, hey, uh, we, we believe we're Christians too. Why, why do other Christians say we're not? And I'll say, it matters how you define a Christian. They'll ask, how do you define it? And I'll say, someone who is, and understand this correctly, but covered in Christ, already perfect right now. And because this is any and everything they've ever been looking for, they're going to lean in and follow me down to baggage and take my card and want to learn more because now you're speaking about something that they deeply are concerned about. And you have. It'll be like bees on honey. So that's one. Uh, Talk about the perfection you have in Christ right now. And and just to clarify, that's that's not a a claim that, you know, I do everything perfect and everything right. No. That that's a claim that that Jesus has done everything right. And and that uh the Bible teaches that, you know, he was crucified for our transgressions and he was raised for our justification and that through his resurrection we now when God sees us, use the word imputed righteousness. He doesn't because Jesus not only does he pay the debt, which if we think of this like in an accounting term, so if your account was negative and he brings it to zero, well, what about all the positive that you need? You know, uh, Jesus covers that too, and and that's that's his righteousness, his perfection that God sees when he sees us, and that that's received through faith, and so that is huge because it's so radical. Like even as I'm explaining it right now, and right. I've I've heard this for years, and it's such a radical thought, especially when you you compare and contrast it to religion. And you compare it and contrast it to, I'm, I'm trying to earn it. I'm trying to work for it. It's just totally different than anything else that, that exists on, on this planet. This, this, it's a unique thing. It's not religion. It, it really is faith and relationship and, and grace-driven, which is, uh, to your point, I think it's really attractive and will spark curiosity. It's, tell them, on the last day, I, I already know how, how my story ends. Because I'm not standing on my record. I'm going to stand on his perfect record. And, and because of that, you already know the verdict. 
Yeah. And put yourself for a moment, put yourself in the shoes of somebody who grew up in, in Mormonism uh, or any any religion, any any works-based religion, there's always going to be that doubt in the back of the mind of have I done enough? How how good is good enough? How do I compare? And, and there's a there's an insecurity and a fear that comes from that um, that that's exhausting. Like I would be exhausted, always wondering, like, oh, did I did I did I do the wrong thing too many times? Did I you know whatever it is? And and so that that's a great point. So that's one you said. There's a couple different pressure yeah, points. That's um, one. Mormons are deeply concerned, uh, fearful. Uh, it's not not too much to say even terrified of Judgment Day. Even though they're taught basically everybody goes to one level of heaven or another, many we've encountered who came out of the Mormon church said that they were actually very much afraid they were going to hell. Mm. Uh, and, it, and, and that goes to another stress point, and that's on the topic of forgiveness. So Mormons are taught that you can't be forgiven unless... You repent. And by repentance, in their definition, they mean never doing that sin again. You have to abandon it. You have to forsake it. So, I mean, just imagine if when you were eight years old, you lied to your parents, okay? Now, I'm going to be real generous here, but uh, let's say you're 10 years old, you lied again. Okay, again, follow me. I'm being pretty generous, I think. Yeah. Let's say 12 years old, you lied again. So, so, the first time as a Mormon, you would say, God, please forgive me. I will never do it again. When you do it again, you, you were assured you weren't forgiven back then. And the more it happens, now extrapolate that across every sin known to man, across every day, and you can appreciate why Mormons are never sure they have forgiveness. And I remember, um, and by the way, this, this plays into an, another facet. In Mormonism, they're taught the best are blessed, but the flip side of that coin is the worst are cursed. And I just, I remember on the streets in, in Utah, uh, ran into a gal named Eliana, and Eliana shared uh, through tears, she had just had a miscarriage uh, and complications, she came out of the hospital. That would be tragic and heartbreaking physically, emotionally for anyone, but for her it was a spiritual crisis mm. because she she felt like God was looking over her shoulder, gunning for her. She didn't know what she had done wrong. She didn't know how to make it right. And she... She just looked at God as an angry, angry father, distant, and uh, she was terrified. Yeah. And, it, and it's hard if it's, you know, Jesus set the example, and you got you to gotta be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. To even express some of those seeds of fear or doubt would, would, would probably be a, an admittance of, yeah, I'm not perfect. And, and so it, it would keep somebody trapped in that, that pattern of, I just got to... Everything needs to look okay and yeah. be okay. My, I have friends um, who were raised Mormon and are still Mormon and, and went through a divorce. And, and it was like the worst thing that ever happened because they couldn't hide anything. It was, it was all out in the, in the public. And, and the shame that they felt, and I would say and feel, is very real. And so as I think about, like even what you're saying, my, my heart breaks for uh, my, my friends who are stuck in that cycle of, of shame and fear. Um, and, and I... I think that's important. I think we should feel that uh, for our for our Mormon friends because that's our motivation for wanting to to love them and help them meet Jesus and, and experience the grace of Jesus. Uh, were there any other pressure points? You hit a couple ones. Yeah, there. yeah. You, you talked about again the mask. I just want to just highlight uh, they might wear the mask up until the very day they leave Mormonism, so the columns might be crashing as you're having conversations. But because they have to put up that mask, uh, they they might not show it. 
You know, friends, the word always has power. It doesn't return empty. It, it's, it's the power of God, right? For the salvation of everyone who believes that we're dynamite. We have that on our lips. And so don't underestimate the power of those conversations as you're loving them and you're pointing to who Jesus is, what he's done. I think just on forgiveness, Ephesians 1, 7 is so powerful. In him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Point to what is already a present reality. Another stress point, um, Mormons uh, desperately want to, uh, the ultimate goal is to live eternally with Heavenly Father. The highest level of, of the celestial kingdom, their highest level of heaven is uh, exaltation, to live not just with God, but to live as, as God, a very, very different uh, thing. But they always speak of eternal life. And this too is something that I think is a, is a deep stress point that you can, you can focus on with, with Mormons. Uh, I, I think about, again, you mentioned, Robert, about the difference between religion, you know, rules, rites, ritual, and relationship. And, and doesn't the moment a person come to faith, the Bible speak in such amazing terms that in that moment... They cross from death to life. It even speaks in John 5 and John 6 about how they, in the present tense, they now have eternal life because they have relationship. Sometimes I think, you know, as Christians, we think, well, someday, you know, I'll live with God and have eternal. You're through relationship uh, restored, reconciled in Christ, you have that life yeah. with God right now. And, and so a passage is like uh, John 6, I, you know, he who, who believes on, on, on Jesus has everlasting life, King James again. That's something that's going to really resonate with Mormons because it, it's something that they're so, so much striving for, but mm-hmm. never sure that they'll have. In each of these stress points, whether it's perfection or forgiveness or eternal life, relationship with God now and, and forever, mm-hmm. you're emphasizing the things that they're so deeply craving. That's right. And the things that we already have right now in Christ. I was, I was reading uh, yesterday, I, I was reading through this training materials. We're working with our, our student team, you know, working with students across our, our campuses. And, uh, and in there, it had a list of 33 things that happen at the moment of salvation, the moment you put your faith in Jesus. And it's, you are adopted into the family of God. You are, you know, declared righteous. And just went through and it had the verses for all of it. There's so much that, that we already have to your point. And, and even Jesus says, okay, let me define eternal life for you. Jesus says, this is eternal life that they know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent, that, that it's about knowing God. Knowing God is what eternal life is, which means you and I, as we're even right now talking about scripture, we're experiencing a, a glimpse of heaven. We're experiencing that eternal life of getting to know more about who God is and what he's done for us and who we are through faith in Jesus. That That is what eternal life is. And a uh, great point. The so, power, the presence that, that comes to bear in that transformation is is incredible. I'm not sure, you know, we could study that more and more and, and, and dig deeper in, in appreciating that each day. Yeah. John, um, one, one last question for you. Is, is there any other advice as you kind of understand our context that um, there, there's probably, unless somebody's just working from home in their home, uh, if they ever go on a walk, if they ever uh, are out in grocery stores or whatever, pretty much everybody who's in the Arizona area, we're, we're going to encounter Mormons on a daily basis. This is going to be part of, this is part of our community. Mesa was founded by Mormons. I mean, this is, this is a key part of, of where we're at. Is there any other advice you have for us as we're going through life, as we're having these interactions that, that you would say, hey, let me, 
let, let me give you another another helpful tip here. Yeah, well, one of the things that uh, I, I guess every person and what they're struggling with is going to be unique. So I want to be careful about just generalizations or blanket sure. type things. Um, get to know the person. I almost think then when you, the first step in witnessing is listening. And that's just right. that's a part of yeah. loving people, right? Uh, sometimes people say, oh, I could never witness to them. Well, if you can listen, because that's the first step. God gave us two ears and one mouth. Start yeah. with hearing where they're at. And, and as they begin then to open up and share some of their struggles, then almost like a surgeon with precision, when you cut to the heart, you'll cut specifically in the area that they've already opened up to you that they're struggling with. But if you're looking for like a, a go-to, that is just a very common one, uh, again, that I commonly use is 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 um, just, just talking about um, maybe the broken world. I mean, we see wars, we see, you know, so much... Um, if, if only there could be, you know, perfection and, and, and then maybe try and pivot that back to, can I share with you how, again, in Christ, I'm already perfect right now. I already know how my story ends and they're going to be drawn in and want to know more. Yeah. The, the advice you gave on listening, again, I, I feel like my whole job in this podcast, I'm just repeating everything you say because it's so good. Um, the, the power of listening, the power of asking questions, uh, get to know their story and, and they, people want to be known and people, people want you to be curious and uh, they want to talk about their family and they want to talk about, you know, this, this is why we do what we do and, um, be, be curious, ask questions and, and in that, see, see what God does to open up doors for those kinds of conversations. I always think like in high school around the lunch table, the, the kids who are always bragging talking about themselves, you know, like yeah. yawn, you know, when's lunch going to be over? <laughs> but the ones who are always asking about you, how's it going? Mm-hmm. You know, praying for you at your game tonight or those types of things. Those are the ones come the reunion time that were everybody's best friend. Yeah. And that person all of a sudden is the most interesting person at the table, even though they never talked about themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. John, I appreciate you taking time and and helping us as we're, uh, our our desire really is to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And and so I appreciate you giving us insight into that. Would you, would you do us a favor and and pray for those who are listening, pray for those uh, who are having those conversations, or it could be somebody's listening who's, who's in the Mormon faith and maybe feels trapped in some of those things. Uh, Would you, would you just pray uh, for us to kind of wrap up our time? Absolutely. Thanks, Robert. Father, we stand in awe of the transformation that has uh, happened through faith in in your dear Son, that uh, he not only has removed our sins and and reconciled us to you, but has given us that perfection so we know exactly where we stand now and forever. Lord, first of all, in our own hearts, help that uh, to to see the the way in which this this changes our, our relationship. But but the way in which it then changes our relationship and our interactions with others, Lord, in particular with Mormons who are who may be struggling and, and, and questioning where they stand with, with you, Lord, we pray that you would, dangerously, we pray that you would open up opportunities for us to step forward. And, and then when, when those opportunities come, Lord, in, in every interaction, it's not about our persuasion or arm twisting. It's about pointing people to you and and. You use people like us who've already been personally impacted to help us to share the great things that you have done for us, for all. Lord, we ask that you'd open up uh, many hearts to this often overlooked mission field, that more might come to know you, not just as example, but as perfect substitute 
and all that we have, perfection, forgiveness, eternal life with you right now. We ask it all in Jesus, knowing he hears and has the power to answer our prayers. Amen. Amen. John, thanks again. Uh, for those that are listening, Truth and Love Ministry, T-I-L-M, is that dot com? Dot org. Dot org. Okay, T-I-L-M dot org. And there's great resources that you guys have there. Uh, so you guys can take a look at that. John, thanks again for taking time and joining us on the podcast. Absolutely. God bless, Robert. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.